Greetings, Minecrafters, and welcome to another delightful discussion, I hope. Another Minecraft discussion on this uh, glorious summer morning. If you hear the birds in the background, that's nothing I I typed in with the computer in the um, sound spot there. They're, they're real. They have a lo lovely symphony going on today. Okay, my name is Kimberly Quinn, and I would, I would love, I am loving, having this conversation on the awakened brain, and as I mentioned, Lisa Miller gets the plug for this. She's she's uh, the author of the awakened brain. It's just so good. It's about how we're all wired for spirituality. It's it's a brain thing. No matter who you are, what kind of background you come from, we're not talking about organized religion. We're talking about we are wired to believe in a power bigger than we are. And today's uh, discussion is all about what really what we're talking about is the awakened heart. Um, and also how othering is a verb. You know, so in the last uh, episode, we'd already, you know, talked about how Lisa Miller and her research team had already established, like they could see it on the fMRI. We talked about that. That tracks brain movement. So on brain scans, the brain, you know, it could be seen that there were structural differences, uh, especially in the thickening of the cortex, which is, we talked about it looking like the bark of a tree, right? The outer layer. And particularly in the frontal lobe, which is responsible for the areas of all the higher reasoning stuff, all the big stuff, the decision-making and reasoning and judgment and um, ability to plan and, and you know, um, the executive functioning going on, okay? That when the area is thicker, we our capabilities are much better for all of those things. And when it's thinned out, not so much. Also, uh, we talked about uh, the occipital and parietal lobes in the back of the brain. The occipital being for vision, how we process vision. And the parietal is very spatial, uh, kind of like when you parallel park a car. Uh, but in addition to that, the parietal lobe also has within it the precuneus. Pre I always, I don't pronounce that correctly necessarily. Precuneus? Precuni anyway, this is how we reflect on our inner lives and how they how our inner lives kind of connect to the outer, you know, the external world and, and sort of the big picture and how we fit in the world. So this is very, very important. And she also found that the cortical thickness, again, was much thicker in people who reported having um, or having their spiritual life be important to them, having a richer spiritual life. And they had a, a much thicker you know, cortex. So think about that. That means all the areas of higher reasoning are much better off. And so, so we already kind of established that. And then she wanted to dig, she and her research team wanted to dig more deeply and sort of establish, you know, like some universal phenotypes for what spirituality means. Remember, we're not talking about organized religion. You can make it that if you want to, and that's totally okay. But the, but the spiritual piece. And so they, they sort of established five kind of factors that, that they see across the boards with, with um, spirituality universally. And one, the first one is altruism. And second one is love of neighbor uh, as self. And the third one is sense of oneness. We talked about that with people experiencing that. Four is some sort of spiritual practice of transcendence, like sacred transcendence, you know, that, that bigger than self thing. And then the last one was a moral code you know, adhering to some kind of moral code. So she wanted to see, you know, which, which, if any of these were sort of predominant with these experiences that were being reported. Okay. So this is so freaking cool. Just hang on to your chairs right there. So 
she and her research team made an important discovery after establishing, and she said that <clears throat> what they found was that there was enhanced cortical thickness, <clears throat> in other words, <clears throat> excuse me, structural protections, brain structure protection, imagine that, which we can see on scans now, uh, against depression, okay? In the participants who had this going on, they were both high risk for depression, and they seemed to have um, a relatively strong sense of the first two of those phenotypes that we just mentioned. And that was altruism and love of neighbor itself. So an extra protection, structural brain protection against depression in those with a higher risk for depression. And we're really into the altruism and loving neighbor of self as self thing. Okay. And here's where it gets even cooler. It's just this whole thing. It's crazy because I had um, two of my friends um, suggested this book to me a while ago. And one of them I keep mentioning uh, Tom, we're doing a, a spirituality, meaning, and purpose workshop soon, and this is one of the three books that we are going to um, sort of just integrate into it because it's just that good. Anyway, so Lisa's team, so more specifically, they found that <clears throat> these first two, altruism and love of neighbor, actually correlated with cortical thickness across the entire spirituality network of the brain. That's nuts. So... <clears throat> They saw, they saw, you know, good changes in the regions of the brain responsible for bonding, okay? And this also then led to, you know, sort of suggested that that there's a rather robust protective benefit to something that they, they sort of termed relational spirituality. This means kind of like a personal spirituality that can, that sort of includes, um, includes, emphasizes, our own commitment to other people, to our fellow humans, as well as our awareness of a higher power that transcends the self, like, you know, a higher power, creator of all things, and how we are in this divine connection between all of us, that we are all connected together, you know, in this divine higher power. We are all connected together. This is wild. And what's I mean, mo many of us believe this anyway, such as myself. I just now to see it in a brain scan for any for anybody who wasn't sh wasn't certain or they were kind of like the naysayers and not believing. Well, now there's proof we are wired for spirituality, and 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 because these these top two factors of altruism and loving the neighbor as yourself thing, not only are we wired for spirituality, we are wired. Um, in a way that's spiritually connected to other people and we are wired to do good things for people. We are wired to be of service to each other. You know, so, so Lisa basically says, you know, that in, in other words, uh, people high in altruism and love are less depressed years in the future than those who are less altruistic with an even bigger effect if they have been depressed in the past. And then she says, if you take Prozac to treat depression and then stop taking the medication, you could potentially be depressed again within a matter of weeks. But our study suggests that daily lived altruism may be curative. You know, so then here's the question is like, you know, why, why altruism, right? Why does, you know, doing things for other people, thinking and thinking about other people, doing things for other people, the sort of service and action how, you know, what about this prevents against this sort of, you know, downward spiral into the black hole of recurrent depression, you know, among people who, you know, have a tendency you know, to suffer with this, you know, throughout their lives. And, 
And then she talks about, you know, maybe because it, it, it draws us out of our heads, basically, right? It draws us out of our heads, you know, that isolation that we, that we experience and into a place of, of reconnectioning, a reconnectioning, geez, a reconnection, sort of, you know, joining the game, joining the game of life again, which benefits both the helper and the helpee. You know, and then one one potential answer, right, is, you know, maybe because, you know, it, it, it gives us, you know, fulfills something in us as far as a sense of purpose and meaning. And also, um, what does she say? You know, it gives like an expression to this this deep calling in us to contribute to the world we, we live in, to contribute to the world we live in. And this has me thinking of Viktor Frankl, right, um, absolutely my favorite psychologist. Well, he and Abraham Maslow, for sure. Um, he wrote Man's Search to Meaning about his whole experience with surviving the concentration camps and, and what a phenomenal book that is. But he talks about his main theme is that, um, or one of his main themes is that without meaning and purpose, that's basically a straight road to depression. I mean, you know, we, we all need a sense of meaning and purpose. And when we get sucked into our heads, it's like being in an isolation tank, you know, and we're not, we, we, we find ourselves in a, in a place that's disconnected from other people. So when we kind of re-enter the game, re-enter the world, start connecting with people, thinking about other people, doing things with other people. Gandhi also said this, paraphrasing again, like if you're feeling blue, go do something for somebody. And so so maybe it's that this that altruism actually restores us to ourselves and, um, you know, kind of lands us in a place of, you know, optimal human functioning. And, you know, that gives us a more a more in tune, connected, accurate, you know, perception of, of the very natural life that surrounds us. So within this, the spiritual, the spiritual, or I say deeply rich spiritual life, right? Spirituality being of importance to us. And specifically with the, those two phenotypes of altruism and, and loving the neighbors as yourself, um, Lisa, Lisa says this about what it does for our connection in yanking us out of our heads. Excuse me. She said, we, we rise from the narrows of splintered self-interest, isolation, and competition, and awaken our hearts to the world as it is. Well said. And so she, she winds up here by saying when, when we have the spiritual connection and we've got the altruism and love going on, that the world flourishes within us. And we've known this for a long time, right? Well, what we do two or four other people we do to ourselves. I mean, that's like, you know, a basic universal law. And she says, she says, our own optimum functioning is good for others and the earth. The very same way of being that, that creates a healthy interconnected brain generates the most interconnected state of humanity and all life. The awakened brain enables, enables us to see our connection to others and to earth. And it guides us, even requires us, to live in a way that supports that connection. Altruism is essentially an embodied form of our of our awareness and unity and law. Awareness. Let's start that over. Altruism is essentially an embodied form of our awareness of unity and love. Our awareness and our way of being become integrated and mutually enforcing. Altruism, both the conduit and destination of our awakening, a lived expression of who we are to one another. So we're talking, and this, what we're just saying, what she's just saying right there is that having this, this rich spiritual life, remember we just talked about Viktor Frankl and Gandhi 
Um, Abraham Maslow would also say something very, very similar. Remember that the top of his hierarchy of needs is about self-transcendence. The one before that is self-actualization. That's figuring out, you know, what our kind of what our calling is, where we fit, blah, 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 blah. But to actually transcend that, to, to be of use to other people in the world, is the top of his hierarchy too. I mean, people, some of the greatest thinkers are saying the exact same thing, that we need each other. We are not meant to be isolated and stuck in the cabeza. You know, we're not meant to be stuck in our own heads. And when we do, we become miserable very, very quickly. So we need to climb out, get out there and do something, right? It doesn't even matter what it can just be something small. So othering is a verb. That's the point. Um, and the point is not to sound preachy. That is not the deal at all. We're talking about the brain. Remember, I, I'm all about the neurons. I could talk about the brain all day long and not have one board second. We're talking about this is natural. This is natural. And it's actually when we go against nature that it's not good for us, right? So othering is a verb. And we've also talked about the different ways to be successful. And, you know, for me, it's, it's being the, on the authentic path, you know, living my high, highest vibe self. We talked about also pulling in Oprah and Brene Brown with the boundaries, being able to say no and not feel guilty, right? Being right in our frame, doing the backstroke and that authenticity, um, you know, not looking for the external approval, blah, blah, blah. And then this, we want to add this in, is um, that we can also measure, you know, another measure of life success is, is how, you know, sort of how we go about touching the lives of other people, how we touch the lives of other people. This is also a way to measure our success. Awesome. Okay. The awakened heart and othering is a verb. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from the beautiful Northern Vermont on this glorious morning with the Bird Symphony. Have a mindful day. And so she, she winds up here <clears throat> by saying when, when we have this spiritual connection and we've got the altruism and love going on, that the world flourishes within us. And we've known this for a long time, right? Well, what we do to or for other people, we do to ourselves. I and mean, that's like, you know, a basic universal law. And she says, she says, our own optimum functioning is good for others and the earth. The very same way of being that, that creates a healthy, interconnected brain generates the most interconnected state of humanity and all life. The awakened brain enables enables us to see our connection to others and to earth, and it guides us, even requires us, to live in a way that supports that connection. Altruism is essentially an embodied form of our of our awareness and unity and law. Awareness. Let's start that over. Altruism is essentially an embodied form of our awareness of unity and love. Our awareness and our way of being become integrated and mutually enforcing. Altruism, both the conduit and destination of our awakening, a lived expression of who we are to one another. So we're talking, and this, what we're just saying, what she's just saying right there, is that having this, this rich spiritual life, and we just talked about Viktor Frankl and Gandhi, um, Abraham Maslow would also say something very, very similar. Remember that the top of his hierarchy of needs is about self-transcendence. The one before that is self-actualization. That's figuring out, you know, what our kind of what our calling is, where we fit, blah, 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 blah. But to actually transcend that, to, to be of use to other people in the world is the top of his hierarchy too. I mean, people, some of the greatest thinkers are saying the exact same thing, 
that we need each other. We are not meant to be isolated and stuck in the cabeza. You know, we're not meant to be stuck in our own heads. And when we do, we become miserable very, very quickly. So we need to climb out, get out there and do something, right? It doesn't even matter what it can just be something small. So othering is a verb. That's the point. Um, and the point is not to sound preachy. That is not the deal at all. We're talking about the brain. Remember, I, I'm all about the neurons. I could talk about the brain all day long and not have one board second. We're talking about this is natural. This is natural. And it's actually when we go against nature that it's not good for us, right? So othering is a verb. And we've also talked about the different ways to be successful. And, you know, for me, it's, it's being the, on the authentic path, you know, living my high, highest vibe self. We talked about also pulling in Oprah and Brene Brown with the boundaries, being able to say no and not feel guilty, right? Being right in our frame, doing the backstroke and that authenticity, um, you know, not looking for the external approval, blah, blah, blah. And then this, we want to add this in, is um, that we can also measure, you know, another measure of life success is, is how, you know, sort of how we go about touching the lives of other people how we touch the lives of other people this is also a way to measure our success awesome okay the awakened heart and othering is a verb this is kimberly quinn signing off from the beautiful northern vermont on this glorious morning with the bird symphony have a mindful day